0: Welcome, you're listening to the You're Crazy Professor, But It Might Just Work, amazing podcast. Number 6. The Golden Gate Bridge Suicides The Golden Gate Bridge celebrated its 82nd birthday in May this year. I have to admit that I'm a huge fan of this bridge and I remain transfixed by its beauty, its history and its sheer size. It is a legendary construction. The Golden Gate Bridge opened to the public on May the 27th, 1937, when over 1 million people walked the 1.7 miles from end to end on the opening pedestrian day. The next day at 12 noon, the bridge was opened to vehicles when President Franklin D. Roosevelt pressed a telegraph key in the White House, 2,441 miles away on the opposite side of the USA. When Roosevelt pressed the key, every fire siren, foghorn, church bell and ship's whistle in the San Francisco Bay Area was sounded. The Golden Gate Bridge was the largest single-span suspension bridge in the world, holding the title for 27 years until it was taken by the Verrazano Narrows Bridge in New York. In this exploration of the Golden Gate Bridge and the suicidal deaths that occur there, We need to establish that suicidal statistics can be flawed, and while not perfect, they may be the best metrics available for understanding suicidal death. Suicide is, by its very nature, a covert and secretive behaviour, and coronal courts can make decisions about suicidal intent and action that may not be 100% accurate or reliable. The Golden Gate Bridge opened ahead of schedule and under budget, a feat which would now be much envied in the modern age of construction, and it was immediately recognised as one of the wonders of the modern world. It's an amazing icon of engineering, a majestic giant of a bridge that was demanded by the people of the Bay Area, and it was made for the same people, not just for merchants or those who would stand to make a profit from the bridge. The Golden Gate Bridge earned itself the name of the People's Bridge, And this historic bridge, also known as the Colossus of the Pacific, has held many prestigious records and achievements in its history. Recognised as a modern wonder of the world by the American Institute of Architects, it was completed with fewer construction worker deaths than was expected, and has only ever been closed due to weather conditions on a handful of occasions. The bridge holds many more impressive records relating to its design and construction, as well as the impact it has made on the Californian and American psyche. It is, for instance, the only bridge ever to feature prominently on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in February 1967. The chief engineer and main driving visionary of the Golden Gate Bridge was ambitious engineer Joseph Strauss, and it's little surprise that he was also a poet as well as a bridge designer, with Strauss's poem, The Mighty Task is Done, writ large on one of the towers of the bridge upon completion. Another less fortunate record held by the bridge relates to the unusually high number of suicidal deaths that have taken place there. For decades it has been known that the Golden Gate Bridge has become a focal point for suicidal jumpers. Put simply, over 1,000 people have deliberately killed themselves by jumping from the bridge to the waters 220 feet below. The Golden Gate Bridge has accrued the largest number of suicidal deaths for a single location Not just in the USA, but in the Western world, topped only by the Agakara Forest in Japan, a country where suicide has been culturally accepted for centuries. The exact number of suicidal deaths at the Golden Gate Bridge is often contradictory, and local news reports of deaths are often played down in order to reduce the likelihood of copycat suicide attempts. The phenomenon of copycat suicide is not a myth and it's been shown time and again that excessive reporting of suicidal deaths and intrusive media coverage leads to increases in suicidal deaths. The opposite of this is also true and countries with reduced or sensitive reporting of suicidal deaths enjoy reduced suicide rates relative to those countries who do not. Norway is an excellent example of this. The novel The Sorrows of Young Werther by Goethe and the Werther effect give a very good example of this going back to 1774. Because suicide attempts are usually covert and secretive behaviours, many people attempt to take their own life at the Golden Gate Bridge when it's dark or when it's shrouded in dense advection fog that regularly obscures the bridge. Additionally, of course, many people who commit suicide there are lonely and isolated and they're often not missed or reported missing by others, and in many other cases, the bodies of many suicidal jumpers are never found in the waters of the bay. Abandoned vehicles driven by those who have jumped are occasionally found at the nearby visitor centre and Vista Point parking areas. Consequently, an accurate figure of the exact number of suicidal fatalities occurring at the Golden Gate Bridge is never available, but estimates vary from 1,000 to 1,400 fatal jumps in total at present. Despite the increased surveillance, CCTV, telephone helplines dotted along the span of the bridge, dedicated San Francisco Police Department and California Highway patrols, and public education programs, Dozens of people each year choose to jump to their deaths from the public walkway. Some suggest that the high suicide rate may be a residual artefact of Californian craziness or perhaps long-term fallout from excessive drug taking since the 1960s that's catching up with Californians. This argument can easily be countered by examining the virtually non-existent suicide rates occurring at the other five major bridges in the San Francisco area, albeit most of those are traffic rather than pedestrian bridges. There's clearly something about this particular bridge that acts like a peculiar magnet. Since 2016, the best statistics available show that one person jumps to their death at the bridge every 13 days. And this is an increase over the previous rate of one death every 14 days in the run-up to 2016. Some experts estimate the rate of fatalities to be even higher than the official count. Understanding why so many people choose to end their lives there, and why they choose the methods that they do, is vital if the future reputation of the Golden Gate Bridge is to improve. For those people with suicidal intent when on the bridge, all they need to do to succeed in dying is to hop over a four-foot barrier and they're able to jump to their deaths. Unstopped or unfettered, they are free to fall. Footage of the many jumpers there show that some people climb the barrier and then proceed to jump off the railing straight away, while others sit or stand a while as passers-by go around them. Perhaps they're contemplating their lives before they're jumping and summing up their final acts. Some people who jump choose backflips, some just fall, and others actively dive into the bay, as witnessed very painfully in Eric Steele's documentary The Bridge in 2006. Some who have climbed the barrier do decide to climb back over, having changed their minds, and occasionally they are assisted by passers-by who reach out to them and talk them into coming back to safety. Some have to be dragged back by more forceful means. Sadly, however, the majority of those who climb the barrier seem to complete their jump before the authorities can reach them. The 220 feet drop in the entry velocity of almost 90 miles per hour into the cold water of the bay is almost certainly likely to result in death. Only 4% of those who jumped have ever survived to talk about it. Hitting the water at that velocity is essentially effectively the same as falling and landing on concrete. Only recently, almost 60 years after the suicide epidemic at the site began, has the Bay Bridge Authority started to engineer ways to realistically reduce suicide attempts from the bridge. In the current climate where talking about mental health and suicide feelings are currently being encouraged, the Golden Gate Bridge serves as a spectacular reminder, a massive visual metaphor, that broader society and experts alike have a long way to go in understanding and preventing suicide effectively. Although the Golden Gate Bridge is not to blame for the suicidal epidemic that has developed around it, there is something exceptional and almost darkly magical about this structure that can lure the lost, the lonely, the desperate and the suicidal towards it. In addition, the Golden Gate Bridge also seems to have some kind of ability to influence and activate spontaneous suicides in other seemingly okay individuals when they're at the bridge. Individuals who did not go there with any understandable suicidal intent. The reasons why people choose to kill themselves are very complex. Sometimes they may be related to mental health issues and sometimes not. Many reliable studies of suicide have shown that suicide attempts are not the sole preserve of those with few social options open to them. Traditionally, it was thought that suicidal individuals were those with little educational attainment, poor employment prospects, reduced capacity for emotional relationships, and with little financial prospects. In short, people who didn't have much on the horizon that was going for them. However, people are prone to suicidal thoughts and attempts, whatever their socio-economic, mental, or relationship status further many suicidal deaths occur among members of those social groups that were traditionally thought to be almost immune to suicide people devoid of mental health issues with plenty of life options often choose to end their lives usually due to seemingly intolerable levels of distress and a lack of perceived solutions often leading to overwhelming urges to die as a means of escape in short Whatever the background reasons, a suicidant believes that death is somehow preferable to living. Their pain, despair and suffering is so bad that they find no future is better than what any future may be. It can be difficult for those who have not contemplated suicide to understand that viewpoint. The single biggest predictive factor of suicidal death is not mental health problems, age, sex, loneliness or employment problems, but the World Health Organization and other serious research shows it to be something much simpler than that. The biggest single predictor of suicidal death is having tried it previously and to fail. Just over half of all first-time suicide attempts are thought to end in failure. Unfortunately, many people seem to view a failed suicidal attempt as a positive sign that the suicidant had got things out of their system and they had a try and they got things off their chest and that they'll now be okay. This is a serious misunderstanding and if anything, a failed suicide attempt merits more help and support for that suicidant. The Psychiatric Foundation of Northern California have coronal court evidence from 213 suicidal deaths occurring at the Golden Gate Bridge from 1995 to 2005, which shows that only 40% of the suicidal fatalities involve people who were suffering mental health problems at the time of their deaths. This unique single-site study accurately reflects the results of countless other epidemiological larger-scale studies looking into suicide, showing that suicide is an extreme response to distress, bleakness, and sometimes depression. Three quarters of suicidal fatalities at the Golden Gate Bridge were males, with 82% of male suicidants being white, followed by Asians at 12%, blacks at 4%, and Latinos at 2%. The study showed that for female suicidants, 85% were white and just under 4% were from each of the Asian, black, Latino and other mixed race groups. I don't think this is evidence of a white San Franciscan bias. San Francisco is an incredibly highly ethnically diverse and mixed community. And of course, just over the Bay in Oakland, we have the most diverse city in the entire United States. Some think that the high level of suicide fatalities at the Golden Gate Bridge among those who have an absence of clinical depression, anxiety or serious mental health problems in their lives may be evidence of a form of Paris syndrome. Paris syndrome is not a recognised medical or psychiatric condition but it's a curious phenomenon often reported in some tourists who are taken ill and feel unusual sensations when visiting foreign cities often because of the disparity between what they expect to encounter and what they actually experience. The term Paris Syndrome was derived from a reportedly high number of Japanese tourists who were taken ill when visiting Paris, who seemingly expected Paris to be a cultural haven, symbolic of the European Renaissance and to be populated by romantic couples. When this great expectation was not realised upon their actual visit, the disappointed tourists often felt disoriented groggy unbalanced sometimes reporting out of body symptoms and they often required medical treatment usually recuperation and some rest and rehydration the golden gate bridge is such a vast megastructure that dominates the land and sea for miles around and in my opinion i believe that some individuals who enter the golden gate bridge cannot help but be in awe of it to the point that they become overwhelmed confused and even distressed by it The Golden Gate Bridge may appear calm and serene from a distance, but the reality is that it carries Highway 101 across it, with roughly 110,000 vehicles using it each day. When standing on the bridge, it is incredibly noisy, disorienting, and as far away as it is possible to be from the peace and quiet that many visitors may go there expecting to find spontaneous suicide is by no means as fanciful as it may sound in such an extreme and strange environment. The Bay Bridge Authority is soon to begin the installation of a new suicide deterrent system, formerly known as the Planned Suicide Prevention Barrier, which was the result of a consultation process that lasted several years, where the public and professionals alike were asked to suggest designs for a physical barrier that could reduce suicide and recreation jumpers. Suggestions offered included 8 feet tall clear plexiglass barriers, horizontal railings, vertical railings and even winglets at the top of the railings like those seen in prison perimeter fences to prevent people from scaling such a barrier. Such a competition had rules of course and some of them were technically complex, including that the barrier should not cause nuisance to sidewalk users of the bridge, it must be maintainable, it should not compromise the security of the bridge, it should not have a negative impact on the wind stability of the bridge, it must be cost effective, and it must have minimal aesthetic impact upon the bridge. From the consultation process, The winning design that was chosen by the Bay Bridge Authority to reduce suicides at the bridge and you'll notice it's there to reduce suicides and not to prevent suicides was a safety net which is intended to protrude approximately 20 feet outwards from the bridge and will run the entire 1.7 miles of the bridge on both sides. The net will be positioned 20 feet below the ledge that jumpers launch themselves from and if not deterring those from jumping The net may merely serve to delay or impede their intended progress towards the waters below. The safety net has been costed at $200 million and should be completed in 2020. I am of course pleased that something has been done to address suicidal jumpers at this site. However, a safety net may be a counterproductive intervention, especially when compared to a physical barrier. Many famously tall landmarks around the world have historically had problems with suicide jumpers, including the Eiffel Tower, the Nanjing Bridge in China, the Bloor Street Viaduct in Canada, and the Empire State Building. In those cases, and in countless others, physical barriers have been successful in drastically reducing and even eradicating completely suicidal attempts at those locations. In some cases, the aesthetics of the landmark have suffered due to physical barriers or railings. Do look up a picture of the Street viaduct by all means, but suicides there have been reduced completely. Placing a safety net along the length of the Golden Gate Bridge will not make significant impacts on suicidal fatalities, and it may even increase the number of recreational jumpers. It may also result in the suicidants gravitating towards other locations with a high potential for fatality. When the Golden Gate Bridge was being constructed, in 1936, three years into the project, it saw the first worker fatality, when construction worker Kermit Moore was crushed. Despite the tragic loss of Moore, construction of the bridge had an extremely high safety record. A rough rule of engineering at the time was that for every million dollars spent on a bridge, one worker would be expected to die. The safety record at the bridge was much better than could ever be anticipated. Although Joseph Strauss already took workplace safety seriously, he decided to string a safety net underneath the main roadway of the bridge from end to end and side to side in order to catch any construction workers should they fall and prevent them from going into the water. The presence of the safety net allowed the workers to actually work more quickly. Safe In the perceived knowledge that they would be saved by the net should the worst happen to them. The safety net is often credited with helping the project to be completed ahead of schedule. A total of 19 workers were saved by the safety net in those final two years of construction and they became known as members of the elite halfway to hell club. There are reports of many bridge construction workers also jumping into the net for fun at the time, encouraged to do so because they knew it would be safe. Tragically, 11 workers were killed on February 17th, 1937, when they fell into the net, and the combined weight of all the men and their construction equipment that fell in with them proved too much for the net and its moorings, and it collapsed into the waters below. Safety nets are okay, but physical prevention could be much more effective. A safety net protruding from the bridge that is easy to jump into from the walkway could act like a behavioural nudge, a show-off magnet encouraging some people to jump into the net it's been recorded that some people unaware of the fatal consequences of jumping from the bridge have jumped from the bridge for fun or for a dare one visiting teenager from sonoma county jumped from the bridge for a dare in 2011 and thanks to his baggy clothes a strong headwind that delayed his fall and a high tide he was lucky enough to survive the jump despite suffering many injuries Also, in the 1980s, a local Bay Area rock band, the Golden Gate Jumpers, released a single called Don't Make Me Love You. On the cover of that record, the band was seen in a mocked-up photograph jumping from the Golden Gate Bridge into the waters below. That was associated with an increased number of people jumping into the waters at the time, copying what they'd seen on the record cover. Would a safety net really change a suicidant's mind if they had decided they wanted to die? All it may do is delay the suicidal process and a committed bridge jumper will merely scramble to the edge of the safety net and then relaunch themselves again towards the water below. That the Bay Bridge Authority chose a deterrent method rather than a barrier solution is troubling to me and it speaks volumes about how the image of this iconic structure and what it represents may be more important than saving the lives of dozens of people each year. One thing I have found from my work in understanding and trying to prevent suicidal death is that if an individual has decided that they wish to die, then they will usually find a way to do it, whether they are free members of the public, patients in a secure hospital unit, or people in custody on suicide watch. Deterrence in the form of a safety net secured beneath the world's number one man-made suicidal structure is just not enough to make a serious impact in the fatalities. Hopefully there are lessons we can learn in the UK from the Golden Gate Bridge when it comes to the prevention of needless suicides. Here's to another 80 or so years of this American totem, but hopefully with significantly fewer people dying there in the forthcoming years. hope this was useful I hope this was informative you've been listening to the you're crazy professor but it might just work amazing podcast